We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number six of Gaming with the Moms. I'm Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org, and I am the mom of a three-year-old. Joined by today by Linda Brenneman, who is the mom of a uh, twenty. Uh, <laughs> Does she want to say? Yeah. <laughs> my kids are so grown up now. It's yeah. crazy how fast they grow up. I keep forgetting how old they are, though. So I'm sorry I keep prompting you. For- <laughs> they are, yeah, remind us again. They are twenty-seven and twenty-four. Yes. Yeah, and I remember when they were. Three and six, and yeah, they were so cute. Yeah, they're I still used to cute. Be cute too. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, my dad tells me that every time I see him. I remember yeah. you used to be so cute. Yeah. Why do do all parents do that? All parents Is that do a that. thing? Yeah. All right. Well. Okay, speaking of kids, we've got two kids with us today: Yay! Simone DeRochefort <laughs> and Kizzy Young. Hey, I'm Simone. We have parents. Yes. We sure do. But not kids. Uh, okay, so I have many animated children. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been uh, spoiling you guys with episodes lately since we've been recording in private. So we've had a new episode go up every couple days. But that is going to end, unfortunately, with this week. Uh, once this episode six is up, we will be then just weekly posting on Friday. So that's look, what forward, you can look to forward to it. It'll yeah. be your commute home. Exactly. Listen. Friday, kind of decompress. Yeah, exactly. Figure out what games to play over the Mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Since the episodes went up, my mom started listening to them and she sent me a text. Can I read it to you? Yeah, go for it. Okay, let me pull it up. She thinks that I should change my laugh. What? She, no. <laughs> she said she learned new things. She likes when the gal explains stuff for us folk who know nothing. I think she's talking about you, Linda, because you're I'm good sure, at explaining I'm things. I'm sure she and I are probably closer to the same age. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. I think if you want to be famous, you should work on modifying your laugh. Oh, my God. I love you no matter what, of course. But for video <laughs> and radio, I think it would be good. I, have I, to, I disagree. I disagree. Your laugh, your laugh is unique. Yeah. I love your laugh. I, I was listening to episode four when I was doing the episode right up. And I was like, oh, God, that's really loud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't help it. I breathe in when I laugh. Yes. She says I should develop a continental laugh. I don't what know. does that even mean? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, hopefully <laughs> if not If you that. start laughing like that, <laughs> then the text would be warranted. <laughs> We're wow. done. We're done with you if you laugh like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we spent the weekend at pretty at two pretty cool conferences, uh, one of which was Power of Play, mm-hmm. which Casey and Simone were at. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So that was basically an indie event where a lot of local indie developers were showing their games and getting in touch with un- other local indie developers. Uh, what I heard from them was that it was just a really awesome way to connect with other people because the Seattle indie community is really tight-knit. They all really rely on each other. And when you can meet people in a situation like that, it means that you know maybe you can collaborate with them on a project in the future. And just it creates really strong friendships as well as business connections. But there was also um, – there were some kids there. And you played an app that some high school – kid made right yeah yeah i did um i don't remember what it's called (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) but it was a really cool app and i think it's really cool for teenagers especially to be able to go to a place like this and Mm -hmm. see 
kind of a more realistic version of maybe what indie game development looks like. Mm. Um, when you go to, say, PAX, you get a lot of, you know, multi-billion dollar games that made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, this, you know, you, here you can play a lot of really cool games that are more realistic. Yeah, and, like, yeah. you can... This kid made his app and published it on the App Store. So, like, that's such an easy, I guess, access point to get into making games. It was so cute. So they had um, the Seattle Indie Game Competition, which is this pitch competition where you pitch your game idea and show demo to judges. And they had a youth division for the first time this year. So there were two teams of high schoolers who had made some games. And the... Two of the boys uh, who made Project Titan, they, like, cornered Chris Charla right oh, before geez. I was interviewing oh, them. Okay. It was so cute. And, like, they were they were super enthusiastic. They just wanted to, like, talk to him about how the pitch went. And he yeah. was like, yeah, this is something that people in the game industry have to do all the time. You have to be able to explain your idea really succinctly to whether you're, you're people who are funding it, yeah. uh, people who you're working with. So, like, it's such a – it's a good skill to have. So I was – Really, it, it was they were they were so cute. Yeah, oh my God. so a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit of context. Chris Charla is the head of ID at Xbox, which means he works exclusively with independent developers. Mm-hmm. I've known him for years. He has been on mm-hmm. about a bazillion of those picture game panels. Like that's yeah. like a thing. I think he actually came into my one of my college classes once. I've probably pitched to him before, so <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, he's kind of a media whore. He will. Oh my God! He will language. He will speak <laughs> at anything. He will talk to anybody for a story. I did interview him. Yeah. So, um, but he's cool. I've known him forever. He's a he's a funny guy, and it's really a big deal, right, to get your game on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, can, it used to be like super hard, kind of navigating those waters. That's the whole thing about ID at Xbox is trying to make it easier, right, um, for people to be able to publish their own games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, stuff changed like that comes slowly. Yeah. Yes. At times. Yes. So um, the really exciting thing about the Six C, the the kids who were pitching at Six C, was that uh, two of them, one of the teams was from DigiPen, so they were learning all this stuff. Or it was a a high school program that was working with DigiPen, mm-hmm. and then the other team, they had just taught themselves Unity on their nice. own, and like that, I was so impressed with them. And they just focused on getting the movement down, and that was kind of what their game was built around. And yeah. it, it took them like months and months, but they taught it to themselves as an extracurricular project, and that yeah. was just like, oh, that's and great. Unity yeah. is a a, um, graphical interface, right? To it's an develop en- games, it's an entire engine, yeah, yeah. An enti- entire engine. Yeah. So it has made it easier than just writing lines of programming code. Mm-hmm. You can use yeah. an engine like Unity to create a game. Yeah, yeah. And Unity is actually becoming like it's really becoming somewhat the standard right. as far as engines go because it has a lot of cross-platform functionality. So if you make a game in Unity, it can go on PC, it can go on mobile devices, it can go on consoles. Right. There's really no right. limit. Um, so that's why developers have been adopting it more and more. And uh, the other conference that we were at is a conference called MamaCon. Yes. It was over the weekend. Uh, and we, were, we had a table there. Um, talking to moms and we were honestly at least I was super scared that we would be like <laughs> cowering behind our table while the moms came up and told us how evil video games are but um it was actually the opposite it we underestimated was. those moms we did not we that did. I was at MamaCon yeah <laughs> I mean everybody came up and they were like just really receptive and like oh my god like 
this is great. Why didn't I know about you? And my kids play games and I don't know anything about them. And this is fantastic. I can realize what they're playing now. It was just it was just amazing. Not one person came up to us that had anything bad to say. Right. And we had copies of hard copies of our ebook and they were the moms were really eager to take a copy. Yeah, and we gave like all of more. them away the first night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you can download that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's on Amazon or on our website. You can, yes. you can get your own copy. Sign up for a membership on our website. You can get a copy for free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll do a consultation. <laughs> yeah. And um, membership, we won't bother you. Yeah. All the time. We just send you one beautiful email created by Courtney every week. <laughs> yes. And it'll have the game of the week in it. Exactly. And you have the opportunities to submit a question to us, which yes. will be answered personally by one of our editors. Yeah. That's right. So if you want to ask a question to Kizi or Simone or Courtney. It's a million dollar value. It's priceless. <laughs> you can feel Everyone should do ahead. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you also want to send questions to us, you can all do that at hello at pixelkin.org. All right. So let's jump into some news. So we talked a couple episodes ago about the Nintendo World Championships. Yeah. Which are taking place for the first time in 25 years. So at the time when we talked about it, we didn't really know anything about what was going on. They said that you can go to Best Buy and play some games and get into the finals. But now they've released all the details. So... The qualifying competition is going to feature the championship mode of Ultimate NES Remix for Nintendo 3DS. So, yeah, you have to be up on your retro game. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. I think they had it um, at the EMP. They had it loaded up on one of the Wii's there, I think. I was too distracted by Mario Kart 8. I defeating two-year-olds at Mario Kart 8. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, Simone. Um, I won by a mile. So specifically, um, you'll have three score-based challenges in Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Dr. Mario. So they're changing it up a little bit with the puzzle game. So anyhow, following events taking place from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on May 30th. Is it May 30th? It is May 30th. Right. That's right. Um, we know where, the, where it's happening now. Best Buy stores at, well, in general, I don't know if you need specific street addresses, but... San Francisco, 1717 Harrison Street, Torrance, California, 3675 Pacific Coast Highway, Miami, Florida, 10760 Northwest 17th Street, Schaumburg, Illinois, <laughs> 900 East Gulf Road. And I know how to say that because my husband is from Illinois. Schaumburg? Yes. Uh, 12905 Elm Creek Boulevard in Maple Grove, Minnesota, 5001 North Boulevard in Long Island City, New York. 9378 Central Expressway in Dallas, Texas, and for all of us Seattleites, 2214 South 48th Street in Tacoma. So they're forcing us to leave the city. They are. (laughs) It's not that long of a drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Traveling south. Yeah. (laughs) We go to Tacoma, I mean, a lot, but definitely every year for the Northwest Pinball and Classic Arcade show. Oh, really? Yeah, it is fun. When is that? Um, it's usually in, you know what? I don't remember. (laughs) I go to so many shows. I just get them mixed up. Um, but that was one of the first places that we took Anna. Oh yeah. um, Oh yeah. I remember. You have a cute picture of her playing old retro pinball machines. Yes. Is Anna going to be the Nintendo world champion? (laughs) 
Um, I, <laughs> I don't think that think goes without saying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think she's quite there yet. Now, if there was an endless alphabet competition, oh, she'd, yeah. be, she'd be all over because <laughs> she uses both fingers to get all the letters no. in place. Yeah, <laughs> so um, ambidextrous Anna. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. If you uh, got some classic gaming NES skills, you should go enter. The finals are going to be uh, taking place in LA during E3. And um, Nintendo said that they're going to have some as un- as yet unannounced competitors thrown into the mix. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe they've got <laughs> some celebrities lined up. or Oh, that would be fun. Or maybe Reggie is actually going to participate. Um, if you haven't seen it, there is a wonderful video that Nintendo put together to kind of get the word out on this where um, – it stars Reggie. I don't even know how to say it. I was going to ask you how to Reggie pronounce it. Reggie Phils. A- See, I know probably. how to pronounce it the French way, which is yeah. Fisem. Okay, we'll but. go with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's head of uh, Nintendo America, and this video is pretty funny. It shows him, like, working out with Nintendo games and yeah. doing all Using this cool the stuff. Wii Fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe he will be a competitor. I don't know. Maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather see uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Does, is it Conan O'Brien who does the like videos where he plays video games even though he doesn't understand how? Or I don't know. I think it might. Do you know? I don't remember. <sighs> Jimmy yeah, Fallon is done, way like, into video Creed games. He came well. and visited the studio that I did PR for <gasps> once, and he was like super cool. He's coming up to oh people like, "Hey, I'm Jimmy," and everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> we know." <laughs> he's adorable. Yeah, he's really cool. So. um Thanks for name dropping Jimmy Fallon, our podcast. <laughs> I'm going to name drop everybody. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Actually, dropping. all I did was I shook his hand. That was as far as it got. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of <laughs> thanks for clarifying that you did not have an affair with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh God. Um, anyhow, uh, so there's been lots of weird stuff happening with Konami lately. <laughs> Konami is... Uh, Are they cursed? Are they I, haunted? <laughs> I have no idea. They have been one of the biggest game publishers in the past. Mm-hmm. They're kind of... They've been not doing so well lately. Um, yeah. Like they canceled... They're the publishers of the Silent Hill games, which are uh, survival horror games that are really, really popular. And they just flat out canceled the new one, mm-hmm. which already had a trailer out. And they just pulled the trailer. Yeah. Not only was yeah. it a trailer, it was a playable trailer. And yeah. Guillermo del Toro was involved in, like, producing the game, yeah. directing the game. And um, is it Kojima who was the yeah. creator I think so, of, yeah. of Silent Hills? Famous, like, legendary game developer. And we're not quite sure if he's leaving the company or not. There's been rumors swirling around, but Silent Hills is dead. Yeah. So. tragedy. So, um, but... It's probably good for Konami. Um, But Nevada passed a law that allows skilled-based gambling machines. Um, So what that means is that rather than just throwing your money away randomly at a slot machine (laughs) is that you can now uh, kind of win stuff for yourself if you actually can play a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Because Um, that used to be completely off. Um, illegal. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. Nevada passed a, passed a law that that lets that happen. So in the hmm. nice little image we got um, from Konami, it looks like Dungeons and Dragons and Contra are going to be a couple of the machines that they're going to have there. Oh, wow. so. how are they? 
are they going to have to adapt those at all for gambling play? I've never actually played those games on. Um, well, some of these companies, like I think Konami, I'm not completely sure, but some of these gaming con- companies are already making um, yeah, slot machines yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if Konami is one of them, but definitely some of the other ones. So they may have already, you yeah. know, have their feet way deep in this industry. <laughs> so, um, so it won't take much. Uh, but I mean, I got to imagine that even with the skill-based thing, like the house is going to have way of more of an edge. Yeah. You can count on that. <laughs> yeah. Las Vegas will always win. Yes, yes. yes. The best thing yeah. to do in Vegas, actually, the best game to play is blackjack, where if you play it by the correct strategy, the house only has a 0.5 percent edge over you. Hey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because we go to the Bahamas and there's a casino there, and the first time we went, Isaac like he can't memorize stuff really well. But so he gave me the, <gasps> this sheet of like the blackjack strategy and was like, here, you know, learn this, learn this, learn this. And I did. And I've done fairly well most times. Last nice. year I lost, lost a bunch of money. But oh, no. in previous <laughs> times it's been pretty good. Um, so, they yeah. call that beginner's luck in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess that's gosh. what it was. Um, so in other news, Nintendo will be bringing back some of the older Amiibo uh, those ones that sold out. If yeah. you uh, if you're following the whole Amiibo thing, <laughs> you'll know that there is a huge, huge uh, demand for them and very little supply. An Amiibo drought, if yes, you will, uh, when they were released. Um, so some of them that they are going to be releasing is I, I don't remember now and I can't find. I think this it was article. Marth and Marth. Uh, Meta Knight. Yes, there we go. Marth and Ike. Yeah, Ike or Marth and Ike. And yeah. Kirby's Meta Knight. I mean, so, I can yeah. only imagine that these companies are just doing the victory dance here because these amiibo things, these action figures with computer chips in the bottom that you can play in conjunction with a video game, are hugely popular. They the are. The kids love they them. They really are. They've got everything. They they keep your data for you about the it's game. It's one of those and, things that makes yeah. you feel super jaded, but they are so riotously popular. And I, Alexa Ray Korea of GameSpot wrote a piece about how she got on the Amiibo hype train for like the span of 12 hours and immediately burnt out because she was trying to get this. I don't remember which Amiibo it was. It might have been Rosalina, yeah. which is an Amiibo that has been plagued by being sold out. I, get, yeah. I heard a story that one... Rosalina Hater actually bought a huge stock of them so that no one oh. else could have them. Which oh, wow. is you have to so be so cruel. dedicated. So <laughs> dedicated to hate and or destroying the happiness of children. So just psychologically scarred or something. Yeah, they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Although Nintendo famously has had low stock of everything they've ever released. Yeah. Every time they release mm. a console, it's sold out. It's I think that they really game that yeah, to their advantage. Like people are <laughs> complaining about it and saying that it's hurting the fan base, but I don't think it is in it's the long not. run. People want their Amiibo. They're going to wait for them. They're going to keep looking for them. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny because the Amiibo aren't even as functional as, like, the figurines for Disney yeah. Infinity or Skylanders, <laughs> um, which is actually kind of sad um, because if you know how functional those mm-hmm. things are, the Amiibo just looks terrible in comparison. So Skylanders are perfect, and there's nothing wrong with them. Of course. <laughs> Simone loves Skylanders. How do you feel about Disney Infinity, though? Uh, you know, I actually played it with Courtney the other day for Let's Play, 
And I had a really good time. I still am not sold on creative mode, at least for what I look for in a game. But again, it's like that whole thing where if you're playing alone, the single player is so, or the story mode is so deeply boring. But when you're with someone, it becomes a little more fun. She was like picking me up and throwing me and then throwing cars at me and then throwing pedestrians at cars. She was Loki, so. Oh, (laughs) well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She is evil in real life as well. Oh, she's not here to defend herself. Yeah, I'm taking advantage of that. You guys, yeah. come on. Courtney's like the nicest person in the she world. She is. You know she's up there talking about us with herself. With herself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're all gone. Yeah. On the other hand, Simone is just a meanie. Hey. Yes, she is. You can tell, right? By yeah. that laugh. It's the eyebrows. What? Don't I have evil eyebrows? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard you ask me that, but sure. Why not? Okay, look at a Disney, any Disney movie. Who would I play in the live action version? It's always the wicked stepmother or the like wicked queen because of the eyebrows. Maybe. I'm not Snow White over here. (laughs) Yeah, I could go off on a tangent about how mothers are portrayed in uh, Disney films, but let's not go there today. Um, So there's another news story that's actually going to segue pretty nicely into our topic is a developer from Cameroon, which is in Africa. Uh, The name of the developer is Kir O'O. They announced today that, uh, well, not today, earlier this week, that their game has been picked up by a publisher. Now, um, if you don't understand game development, I'm going to explain it here real quick. So the game developers are the people who actually make the game. And there are a few routes that they can go to get their game out to people. They can self-publish it. Most of them do that on places like Steam or the App Store. Or um, they can get hooked up with a publisher. And when what a publisher does is kind of takes the load of marketing and distribution and all that kind of stuff off the developer's shoulders so that they, mm-hmm. they can focus on making a game. Um, I've had to explain that to people. I used to have to explain it to people all the time. Uh, the developer where I worked yeah. because I was doing marketing. And so they would people would call up and be like, we can design the boxes for your games. And I'm like, no, no, we're the people who make the game. And they would just be so confused. Like, what does that mean? Like, you make the CDs? That, I mean, it was just it – was, it was really kind games of Games just come down from the ether and then you mm-hmm. just – Stamp them on a CDs yes. and put them in a nice box. And- exactly. <laughs> My husband actually gave a ni- a really great um, comparison, and that's like uh, use the music industry. You think of right, the artist, right. mm-hmm. yeah. and then the record label as the publisher. So the developer is the artist. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. Same or type of thing. Book author and the publisher. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't so, know why it was so hard for people to understand that. What is game? It's yeah. a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I was. Uh, I have uh, I took some notes on this. Oh, I'm okay. So I remember we were talking, I think, with Curtis in either episode two or episode three about uh, Never Alone and how that was developed in tandem with uh, the Inupiat people of Alaska. That it's a native tribe up there, and he was wondering if there were if there were opportunities for other countries to kind of take that model and use it. I know Eli Media is looking into doing that, but um, Africa also has a really as a continent a pretty bustling game industry. Uh, there was a, an editorial published on Polygon a year ago about 
game developers in Nigeria, um, which is the the most populous country in Africa and has the fastest growing mobile internet usage behind India and China. Wow. And that is actually the country that I was talking about when I was talking about games that were made in World Cup countries, not Ghana. Ghana did not get through to the final of the World Cup, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so the company that made Okada Ride, which is the game about like dodging traffic in Lagos, which is the capital of Nigeria, that's Malio Games. And they basically, I I thought their perspective was really interesting because they wanted to basically make games that portrayed typical events in the life of a Nigerian that would relate to Nigerian people. I I think a lot of games, games made in America, they kind of have this assumption that the player is also American. We all have this shared American experience. Um, And we all love fantasy and sci-fi. Yes, yes. And our (laughs) fantasy is very specific. It's very European-centric. So what they were, there was another developer also from Nigeria that was using Yoruba mythology to create games. And their their perspective on that was basically, well, you'll play a game about Greek gods and Greek mythology, so you should also be able to explore Yoruba mythology through games. Yeah. And I think that's what Kiro-O is doing with... um, Legacy of Coriodon, which is the game that they're putting out on Windows PC, which is the one that we're talking about that got picked up by a publisher. Um, yeah. It looked really beautiful. It's kind of like a platforming fighting game. Yeah. And yeah. there's all kinds of magic and Yeah, cool and it's supposed to be, you know, based on, like, African mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameroon stuff. mythology. Cameroon. Yeah. Well, Cameroon so. is in Africa. Yes. <laughs> it's, big, <laughs> it's a big continent. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So... We're talking Cameron about also in the World Cup. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> um, so we're talking about games coming from different countries, which kind of segues into yes. our topic, which is a kind of diversity in games and games that can teach us about diversity. So Kizi had the opportunity to interview the maker of a little game game tool type thing called Parable of Polygons. Yeah, I interviewed Nikki Case. Uh, v Hart was also part of that project, but I interviewed Nikki. And um, Parable of the Polygons, it's sort of an interactive media tool more than a game, but it's also kind of fun, so you could call it a game, I guess. Um, basically, it's about neighborhood segregation. You have a bunch of shapes. There's, I think, just squares and triangles, Um and they and they're adorable. They're very very <laughs> cute. <laughs> That's the most important part. Yeah. Um, and they will basically be unhappy if you don't meet their needs as far as neighborhoods go. So if they want to be in a neighborhood that's just like them, that's only triangles, for instance, then they'll be unhappy if they're living next to two squares. Um, and they'll do a cute little wiggle and an unhappy face, and yeah. you, then you can move them around so that they become happy. And it's a really good way of illustrating the concept of neighborhood segregation because even a very, very small amount of unhappiness with um, diverse neighborhoods will make everybody move around so that neighborhoods become very segregated very quickly. Yeah, I was playing it a little bit today, too, so I could get a feel for it. And the other thing that's really interesting is that they've got these little – like chart type things where you just like mm-hmm. run the game based on you pick how much bias people have oh, like as a percentage and then it shows you how much that that leads into segregation and one of the, the interesting ones was like even if people have like no bias it, the world it still still comes out segregated because mm-hmm. you have to actively oh. want to engage with the other 
the other people. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And for instance, if you have a neighborhood that's very segregated, even if everybody is completely unbiased, it'll stay that way because there's no need to move if you're already happy. Um, so it's a good way of illustrating that you really need to actively you know, change things. Yeah. So what happens when you put a different shape in a completely happy, segregated neighborhood? The game doesn't cover that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want your circles or octagons here. Uh, <laughs> but that's – it's actually interesting because when I was interviewing Nikki Case, she directed me to um, – a a different person who, because they made their game open source, so people, especially educators, teachers, can um, interact with the code and change it the way that they want to. Um, somebody else made a game that's almost exactly the same, except that there's also some more shapes in there. Oh. So, yeah. oh. so maybe you can have your circles in yep. the <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so Kesey's interview with Nikki is actually was published today. It's up on our site, pixelkin.org. Mm -hmm. Was there any anything else kind of cool you gleaned from that interview from her? I just really like the idea of making these interactive tools um, to illustrate kind of complicated issues. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about games being able to teach things like physics with Angry Birds, for instance. Mm -hmm. But I think games are also really good at teaching more like social constructs. Um, through just interesting, you know, interactive, it's visual. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think a lot of kids learn better with interactive and visual mediums. Yes. Not just from a yeah. textbook. We like, had somebody give us a test of that in high school as to whether we learned more visually or auditorily. And I came up equal. And it was, oh, that was supposedly something that was not. <laughs> Happy for you. That was not common. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible with auditory learning. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. I, I remember that whenever we did, like, role-playing activities in school, that was so exciting as a student. I, I know we did one. Or I think it was when the Titanic exhibit was at the Pacific Science Center. And when you went into the exhibit, you got the, a role of someone on the ship. And you'd go through the exhibit and learn about what happened to the people on the Titanic. And then at the end, you would find out who you were and if you survived or not. Mm. And I love the idea of kind of using those role-playing, very experiential ideas to teach things. And I think that I, using a game is maybe even better because going going out into museums and things is time-consuming and yeah. can be expensive for schools. So if they have computers and the ability to do games in the classroom, which, again, not every school does because it's all so expensive, but yeah. I think it's a great idea. And they did – are they having students modify the game? Did you ask If they that? want to, yeah. That's really it, cool. Anybody who wants to can. And the game itself is free. It's yeah. And it's browser-based, so. Yeah, yeah. It's totally – you just scroll through the page. Yeah. And you get nice. all the tools in the game. It's pretty awesome. So Google Parable of Polygons if you want to, uh, to yes. check other that out. things that I know that are that are like that kind of – don't wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is a like you know a game uh, that kind of shows, uh, illustrates diversity and issues in the real world. But mm -hmm. we know that we have diversity issues within game content as yes. well. Yeah. Um, so, what is a game that has really struck you guys as maybe not having the best portrayal of? Someone. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. always, not to be totally stereotypical, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, like, um, 
like except for like I played GTA Four, yeah, a little bit, and I felt like that one was kind of good at illustrating um, the predicament of like mm-hmm. uh, Eastern European uh, immigrants yeah. and what they had to deal with in coming to the United States and how some of them would fall yeah. into, you know. Yeah, GTA is really fascinating to me because it does tell stories of marginalized people mm-hmm. and it does them occasionally horribly and with really ridiculous stereotypes. But I remember when I was researching Grand Theft Auto for our game library, our game picker, um, there's this whole DLC in GTA 4 that's called The Ballad of Gay Tony and it's about the gay criminal nightclub owner. But it's also basically the story of how his bodyguard is basically his adopted son and they like work together to yeah. you know help him out of danger. And I was like, this, this is a weirdly progressive story for this horrible franchise <laughs> <laughs> to be telling. And I, it, it's an interesting dichotomy to me. I, I don't really know what to say about it. Um GTA fascinates me in a lot of ways, in the same way that Call of Duty kind of does. Yeah, and, like, I wouldn't go so far as to call GTA a horrible franchise. It's (sighs) definitely not for kids. Well, I mean, leave that up to your parents. If you want to let your kids play GTA, (laughs) more power to you. But um, they have done some really great things. Like, the open world environment in those games is amazing, and they were the first ones to do that. So um, I should confess that like, when I say GTA is a horrible game, it's a great game. Yes. It's socially, I, I think they kind of fall on the the side of doing satire, but maybe picking on the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're very belligerent about the fact that what they're doing is great and fine yeah. and nothing's <laughs> wrong with it. It's not yeah. sexist. It's satire. <laughs> Which, you know, obviously we disagree on, but unfortunately, that's not going to stop me from playing GTA Five. I've been holding out. I've been resisting. You guys know my struggle. It's been like a year now yeah. that I've been resisting. But I really just want to drive around. Yeah. And like you said, you can literally do anything in that game. You can yeah. go buy drinks from vending machines and then go golfing and fly a freaking helicopter. Like... It's amazing, technically. So Yeah, you can go into a casino and play blackjack, yeah. which is what I did <laughs> for a decent amount of time. Or you can yeah. play pool or, you know, I mean, they're not my favorite games. Actually, GTA 4 is the only one that I have played. Yeah. But I respect what the developers can do yeah. from a technical standpoint. And the Definitely. art is gorgeous and oh, all And we that did have that story about the... The guy who played with his four-year-old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but curated the game very carefully to make yeah. sure and she did not. the car game. Yeah. yeah. It was a driving the car game. Yeah, exactly. Or, or kind of like a dollhouse type thing. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, that story is up on Pixelkin, too. It's uh, I think the, the headline is when it's okay to play Grand Theft Auto with a toddler. Yeah. Um, and uh, But, yeah, it was really interesting. So this, this guy, he... Turns off the sound so that she can't hear any profanities or anything <laughs> like that. And they just – they use the character. They walk around the house. She's always asking to go find the girl, which is – I haven't played it's GTA Michael's 5. It's Michael's daughter so, Yeah. 5. So <laughs> she always wants to go find the girl and get in the car and drive around. And that's basically it. And they have a great time. Yep. And a great point that was made is like he could sit down and play with her in her dollhouse. But – this way, they're getting both. They're both getting something out of it. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a really cool compromise, I think. Definitely, yeah. Uh, as far as other games go, um, I, I think there's no shortage of games that um, have objectionable content for one reason or another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, games like World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. uh, role-playing games, uh, you can 
oftentimes pick a male or a female version mm-hmm. of the same race and class of character. And what happens is that sometimes you find the female character is scantily clad compared to the bit, male yeah. character. Sometimes <laughs> the armor is does not look nearly as effective, even though it may work the same way in the game, but it looks, you know, scanty. <laughs> so um, that happens. There's a lot of games like yeah. that, definitely. At yeah. one point, there was a college humor video, like made with oh, yeah. like, live action people, <clears throat> where the girl is like in this like bikini type thing, and the guys are like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. She's like, well... Don't you think it should sort of cover my abdomen? <laughs> like I could easily get stabbed the there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, look that up. It was a really funny video. I forget what it's called. Yeah. One of the games I think that does that really well, uh, showing like the different race type things, is Dragon Age. The Dragon Age games. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And um, because they also deal with like oppression of mm-hmm. certain races, which is super cool. So I'm looking at you, Kizzy, because... I love Dragon Age. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, too, but I have not played the latest one. I love it so much. So, so I know so the second one was got very, very um, political with yeah. things that were happening in the city. I don't remember the name of the city. Kirkwall. Kirkwall, yes. So she hasn't even played it. <laughs> I just talk about it a lot. Yeah. I keep my mouth <laughs> shut. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love Dragon Age partly because you can play as a woman or a man. You can change how your character looks and that kind of thing. You can play as different races, um, human And you can play yeah. also as different sexualities. So, yeah. you know, you can um, start up a romance with somebody, but they don't have to be a man and a woman having a romance. Yeah, the interesting thing that I found about Origins was that each character class had a different, like, intro yeah. story, yeah. which was really cool. Um, and so it gave me a lot of incentive to play again. Yeah. So you could see how, how the <laughs> other races, like, started their stuff. Um, yeah. My roommate has and, been—oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, when we say races with Dragon Age, we're talking dwarves, elves, that kind of thing. You, yeah. can, you can change your character's skin color, for instance, but um, that doesn't really come into play as much. It's more like an allegory. So the, yeah. the elves are the oppressed group in this game. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, my roommate has been playing the all the origin stories from Dragon Age Origins because he's trying to get every single trophy in the game. <laughs> uh, and it was interesting. The observation that he made was that the elf one, the high elf one, is the only one that's really gendered in a way because you're rescuing your lover. I think city elf, city elf, yes. city elf. Sorry, <laughs> different kinds of elves. Yeah. Mom doesn't know anything about Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched many hours of Dragon Age. She has it is a, it's a, a great game to watch. Of many things. Yeah, it actually it's, is. Yeah, it tells a great story. Yeah. It's very cinematic, like Mass Effect. It's kind yeah. of like you look up and it's like you're watching a movie. Except yeah. in the case of Dragon Age, it's a fantasy movie, and in Mass Effect, it's a space opera. So yes, yeah, I love. I have played the Mass Effect games. So <laughs> you have. Finish them. Hey, yeah. hey, now. <laughs> but yeah, Mass Effect Two is another example yeah. of kind of dealing with like mm-hmm. serious race issues. Mm-hmm. Only this time they're from different planets. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Bioware. Bioware is awesome. I'm treading into the past in my girl <laughs> fight territory where huh. we talked about Dragon Age and every day. Mass Effect like every episode. Um, That's just my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was our, it was my life back then too, and <laughs> yeah. now I have a daughter, and I don't have as much time to game. Uh, yeah, especially like <laughs> especially a sixty-hour yeah. RPG. And yeah. they're mature games too. Yeah, that's one thing that's sort of unfortunate is that a lot of the games that have really good diversity are M for mature games because those yeah. tend to be the story-based ones. What do you would you play Dragon Age or Mass Effect with Anna around or? 
Um, I don't know. Like, uh, probably not. We really control um, a lot of what she sees mm-hmm. um, as far as TV goes. Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't even watch regular TV. Um, yeah. So she really only sees children's show, like children's shows. We don't yeah. watch other things while she's in the room. And like as far as games go, she hasn't really seen anything other than Zoo Tycoon, which <laughs> she loves to play, and like Fantasia and Broken like, Age. Broken Age, you, yes, yeah. Which is I I forgot to mention that she loved to sit down and watch Broken Age. And she asked me the other day, like I, she was finishing up her breakfast. She takes forever to eat. <laughs> so I pulled out the iPad, like waiting for her on the table. You know, I propped it up on its little stand. It wasn't yeah. facing her. And she's like, mommy, are you playing Broken Age? And I'm like, no, honey, I finished that game. And she seems like oh, so no, disappointed. No. She's like, wanted me to turn the, iP- the iPad around so she can see, like before yeah, I told her it wasn't it, Broken mom. Age. And then she's like. Hearthstone. (laughs) (laughs) So she recognizes Hearthstone. Uh, Does she not like to watch Hearthstone as much? Well, it's not as interesting, you know, although she has has played some cards for me that I would have not played. Uh, So uh, It's probably just like playing Hearthstone with me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I actually, like, offered to her that maybe we could sit down and actually do Broken Age, just the whole thing through with her watching me because she only got to see certain parts. But then she's, like, talking about, like, how the wolf was scary and I don't want to go to the scary parts. And I'm just like, well, that's not the way a game works, honey. We can't just <laughs> skip parts of it. So um, Fast forward through the game, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she really hasn't seen much. Like, Broken Age is not is not really yeah. violent at all. No. So, um, so, yeah, that's basically that's, it. There's yeah. plenty t- of time for that later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Three is a great time for Anna's apps. Yeah. Yes. and those kind of things. She's violent enough when she throws things when <laughs> she's mad. So, yeah. Video games do not cause violence. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like you could write about, like, special child-safe iPad covers. If Does she throw the iPad or is that... She has... She hasn't thrown it, but she's definitely kind of, like, put it down in, like, <laughs> anger on the couch Roughly. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And she also, like, we give her, like, time limits. Um, she doesn't want to adhere to those. we got to take it away. And she'll be like, no, and, she, you know, like, roll on top of it and things. So, <laughs> But for the most part, she's she's pretty good. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, so Broken Age, as I was just saying, I finished. We're going to go around and talk about what mm-hmm. we're playing. And uh, any old Girl Fight listeners will probably be absolutely shocked about this. But I just <laughs> downloaded... Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> I made my character and basically got through the tutorial. Nice. And that's all I've been able to do. <laughs> it takes a while to make your character in that game. Yeah. I spent a couple of hours. I'm not ashamed to admit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't spend that much time because I knew, like, I've got, like, two hours. I'm not going to spend an hour making yeah. my character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I haven't seen much of it it was great to see the f- familiar face of oh god now i forget his name Varric is it Varric? Varric, yeah. yes the it storyteller was, yeah the trusty dwarf it, yes it was sorry i'll stop pretending to be a dragon <laughs> cage player it was cool to see him Disclaimer. pop up so um so i'm looking forward to mm-hmm. other characters when the other stories pop up too and uh, <laughs> and i've been playing hearthstone <laughs> what a surprise yeah. um 
much to my daughter's chagrin, actually. Uh, <laughs> so Simone has started playing her stone. Yes. I started, I think uh, I talked about it a little bit last time, but that was like really late at night. It was like midnight and I was like, well, this card game, I don't understand. <laughs> I played it a little more extensively now. I am super duper enjoying it. But yes. after the tutorial, it got brutally hard. <laughs> like you're playing in these practice matches and there are a bunch of classes that kind of align with um, fantasy classes that you might recognize if you've ever played D&D before, like Mage druid etc and from warcraft games i mistakenly said there were six unlike the first podcast there are nine there are so many (laughs) and you have apologies yeah to unlock their uh being able to play as that class you have to beat the representative of that class and i have beaten one so far i have been playing for what feels like forever i over and over again losing but it's still really fun. <laughs> yeah. So I think I remember and those I'm practice terrible at matches it. being being a little difficult. Yeah, because it really takes a while to kind of get your footing and know yeah which cards are going to work best with the other cards. I tried to make my own custom deck, yes. and uh, I was immediately thrashed. It was pathetic. So do you think I should start playing against real people and then go back to beat the practice matches, or um, if you? Because I, like- I thought that that would be even harder, but. Yeah, if you feel like you're getting used to a certain class, like I think it starts you off with Mage, yeah, and you have that one, then it might make sense to go and play against people and get some gold. <sighs> so, because then you can buy uh, more card packs and get True. better cards. So, I would like yeah. better cards. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, Kizzy and Simone, have also been playing this crazy cat game. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Neko Atsume, and it's Japanese. It's not in English, but it's pretty easy to figure out how to play. Mm-hmm. But you, it's so cute. It's the cutest game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Do you want to describe it? I could describe it, yeah. You, you just kind of gather cats, and you feed them, and you give them toys. And then the cats will come and play with the toys. And then the cats will give you fish if they like the toys. And then with the fish, you get to buy more toys. And that's about it. It's very, very <laughs> adorable. And you can take pictures of your cats and you can name, name them. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cat game sounds like something kids would really like to play. Yeah. I yeah, mean, definitely. Especially, like, if they can't read anyway. It's all in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but you can kind of memorize where things are. And yeah. I... If you know a little bit of Japanese, it's really good practice. Um, yeah. And if you don't, I think it's okay to play it without. So. Yeah, that's that case where you can learn a little bit of another language. Yeah. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. not go that far. Maybe not that far. <laughs> <laughs> considering that the writing system is completely different. Um, oh, but, kanji or something? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, all, it's all in kanji. Um, so if you know a little bit, like I speak a little bit of Japanese, you can read through and kind of, you know, remember things. But mm-hmm. – um, I, but actually, uh, since I don't speak any Japanese, I've been looking up kind of a lot of uh, people have made posts like that are guides to playing Neko Atsume. And I have made great use of those. And it, it really is pretty simple. It's like five minutes to see, oh, that's what that button does. And then I've been going from there. I have like 12 cats so far that visit my yard reliably. And they are precious. So you so. can say you're a crazy cat lady then. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. <laughs> Um, Surprising one, since I'm a dog person. The one warning <laughs> is that you can't spend real money. I, I don't know uh, if it's actually possible because it would be yen, not yeah. dollars. <laughs> but I'll try they, it. They might not accept the credit card, but um, you should make sure that kids don't click on a certain button. Yeah. So Simone, who like totally, what did you do? Change your address in your phone to get a Korean game? That was, Yeah. This one, you don't have to do it. Um, 
the what, what we found out with this one was you can look up Neko Atsume in the Android store and it'll pop up in the iOS store. You do have to like go find it uh, and um, I, I found it on the computer and I was able to like put it in but they don't have the English name I looked up Neko Atsume a billion times uh, even, oh, eventually what I actually did was I typed in the name of the company and it came up um, I ha- I did some fraud <laughs> to download yes. a Korean rhythm game I many many did. moons ago <laughs> It was great. It, um, if you're if you listen to Korean pop music at all, there um, one of the companies has put out a rhythm game where you get to play the songs and like do awesome motions on your phone screen. And I really wanted it, so I changed my address to a Korean billing address and I downloaded this game. We still paid and for it and everything. We just we pretended we didn't well, live. <laughs> it was free. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. have to pay for it that's, anyway. I don't know why they made. That's me. what I mean. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I didn't steal anything. I just it. lied about where I live. <laughs> okay. And then, of course, they released an update for the game, and I had already changed my address back to an English one by then, so or an American one by then. So now I can't re-update it, which is unfortunate. But you know what? It's fine. Maybe it's best that I don't play that game for hours and hours and hours at a time. Yeah. So basically, this is a call for more game companies to make their games available to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been playing, Linda? Well, I have been on a road trip with my daughter. She graduated from college this weekend. And um, uh, I haven't played very many games. We talked about games on the way back up from California. Cool. Two-day trip. It was a great trip. I played a little Candy Crush soda on my phone to pass the time. <laughs> nice. And I've decided that I like that better than Candy Crush Saga. What is the difference? Yes, yeah, I was just going to ask that. What is the difference? What is the difference? <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to, you know, avoid. Um, I think it's kind of harder. Oh, it, great. It, it gets harder quicker, and there are kind of more game mechanics involved. I, I really think these games are actually pretty good. I mean, they're from a game point of view, they're pretty good, yeah. but they're they are very addictive. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful that you don't spend too much time on them. Yeah, I mean, they're a good uh, take on the match three mm-hmm. kind yeah, of traditional gameplay because game. they've got puzzles that you actually have to solve instead of just exactly. Yeah, you know, like take brain power. I am super excited because uh, I've played it a few times, but there's a game called Tumblestone uh, by Ty Taylor that's coming out, I think, this year, which is a match three game. But you can play it on consoles uh, as a group of people, like against each other. Cool. And it's oh, kind of like a puzzle game. You're matching blocks, and um, they're all in a row. So if you match the blocks on the, the you can only match the blocks on the bottom row and then you uncover more colors of blocks and once you select a color you have to like make the match three or otherwise oh. you'll lose points so yeah. it kind of like that sounds fun it's a really fast puzzle game i'm really excited for it to come out i love puzzle games because i find them kind of relaxing especially yep. games like yeah. that you know yeah i mean i play yeah. against i play peggle against my roommate all the time right because yeah it's fun it's yeah. brain using did you guys ever play super puzzle fighter no. no. Oh my God, you guys! Super Puzzle Fighter. <laughs> Sorry, Super Puzzle Fighter. Yeah. So um, it's a Capcom title that took. Uh, you've got Street Fighter mm-hmm. characters, um, but it doesn't. The character doesn't really matter that much. It's just that they have a different drop pattern. So the way that you play this game, you're playing against another person, and you're matching up gems to make larger versions of the gems, and then you break them. Oh. And then it drops a bunch of blocks on the other person's side that are timed, so they can't do anything with those 
uh, right away. They have to wait for the timer to run down. So the different characters have different drop patterns, which means how they're going to drop their stuff on the other person. But it's super fun. It oh sounds fun. What's it on again? Oh, God. <laughs> I know they released a version of it for PS3. Okay. It might be well. on Xbox, too. Um but yeah, that's one of the games that my husband and I used to play together. Oh, like, that's awesome! When we first met, so and that that point, Aww, that that's was sweet. PS One, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> video game courting, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it must have been so like fifty years ago. <laughs> oh, Simone, <laughs> you are in so much trouble, <laughs> <laughs> right? But no, that's a super great game, and I can't believe none of you guys have played ah, it. Maybe next week that'll be my what I've been playing. Yeah, you have a PS Three, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. So that's a super cool puzzle game. Um, Casey, have you been playing anything besides your little cat game? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's checked in on her cats like five times today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so, I just like, oh, well, this is loaded. This website is loading. I better check on my cats. Nope, they're fine. Nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you guys should tease me anymore about no. playing Candy Crush games. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to play the cat game. Yeah, so for the sure. The third episode of Life is Strange came out yesterday, so hopefully I'll be playing that once I have a moment. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. So um, we got our first, like, comment from a Yay! listener. Hooray! Um, it was actually uh, – it's not a question. It's a comment. It was in response to um, – where Curtis was asking about games, motion games, things that, that could get your heart rate up and maybe how to get out of the house mm-hmm. during the summer. And this comment – uh, comment came to us from Robert Haynes. He says, uh, in response to the question episode two about games that incorporate exercise, the immediate thing that came to my mind was the 3DS's Street Pass. The system's built-in pedometer counts the number of steps you take, and for every hundred steps, you receive a play coin that you can use to then play the Street Plaza games. Nice. Now, I don't have a 3DS, so I don't know exactly how that works, um, but I've heard it's cool. Um, and then he also says, uh, uh, oh, so he says the plaza games are used to like find me's or play puzzles mm-hmm. and then you can use them in other games like Super Smash Brothers and Kirby and Animal Crossing. So what a cool thing. So you walk, then yeah. you get coins as rewards and yeah. you can use them in Nintendo games. Yeah. So you, very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I know generally how it works. So your 3DS, if you have the Street Pass turned on, if you're near other people who have a 3DS, um, their Mies will pop up in your Street Pass thing. So uh, so that's pretty cool. All right. So I think that that is going to about wrap it up for us. Thanks so much for joining. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. If you like what you're hearing, you should also subscribe to our podcast so you can get more episodes from all of the lovely ladies here. You should Uh, rate us on iTunes. Exactly. Rate us, write reviews, do all that great stuff. Subscribe. Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to have... Hopefully that will still be the case and not fall through. Todd Bishop, <laughs> um, who is one of the editors and founders of GeekWire and also a dad. Yay. So we'll be looking forward to him Excited. joining us uh, next week. And thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.